and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hello everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome to a very, very exciting day one of Eden Fest. So Eden Fest, this is our week-long festival of amazing, amazing speakers who are all coming together to talk to you guys about lots of different topics. So I'm absolutely thrilled tonight to have Nadia here. Hi, Nadia. Hello, hello. So Nadia's here to talk to you tonight about all sorts of things, but in particular about owning your now. So um, before I, I ask you loads of stuff, Nadia, about where you're from, what you do, and, you know, that kind of thing. Sounds like blind date, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> why, why are we talking about owning your now to begin with? Well, because if you want to get somewhere, you might know where it is that you want to get to. But if you don't know where you're starting from, it's a bit difficult. So, Nadia, you were the perfect person to ask along and to chat to you tonight about only your now because your journey has been an interesting and varied one it has incorporated all sorts of things in your writing and outside of it and one of the things that you have been particularly incredibly good at is just staying in the moment and assessing where you are now and not getting too bogged down unlike when I first met you with just where you want to be or where perhaps you've been before. So tell us a little bit, Nadia, about what it was that meant that you you came on board, you met me, where were you? Oh gosh, how many years ago now? Six, seven years, seven years maybe, I think. So I think heading, it's six. Yeah, yeah. this is the sixth year I've owned Dude. So yes. it's got to be, yeah, six years. Yeah, so, so, uh, so tell us about how it began. Yeah, so my journey with you started um because and it should have started earlier and this is why this is such a great topic because I um met Jenny because I allowed my I guess riding confidence to get to the point of overwhelm before I reached out and asked anybody for help and actually on this particular day um I was at a dressage competition and I didn't reach out and ask anyone for help thankfully and we still don't know who they are even though we've done a couple of these lives now and we've tried to find out but I got stuck on a mountain block at a snowball farm somewhere near Slough just outside Maidenhead and I just couldn't step off that mountain block so the um, anxiety overwhelm all of it actually became very physical because I was I was I was literally stuck in my or you know that freeze moment Um, and I think I was on that mountain, but I mean, I'm sure it wasn't that long, but to me, it felt like a great deal of time. Mm. And this really nice couple, and I can't even really describe them. That's the problem, because when you're in that moment experiencing that feeling, what's going on around you kind of just blends into the background. Um, But they came over, asked if they could take dude from me and just walk him around the school And bless him, he was age five then, I think, and had not moved from that mountain block. So you're not talking about someone that was trying to step on a moving target or (laughs) a horse that was getting worried or anxious. We're talking about a kick-along pony 95% of the time because none of them are brain dead, you know. He's a very lovely boy. This was nothing to do with a lady who's overhorsed herself. This five-year-old was literally stood at the mountain block waiting and I was stuck on it. And this couple came, they walked him around. They didn't take him out of my eyesight. 
And when I finally, I didn't even step straight off the mountain block. I was, I was literally in that freeze moment. Um, and when I did get down and was finally able to go and take him back from them and have a conversation with them, they came over to me in the lorry park and they gave me Jenny's details and um, said to me, I think this lady might be able to help you because, you know, what you're experiencing up there is something maybe you need to get a hand with. Mm. Um, and, and it's interesting, the- isn't it? Because, uh, you you know, you say you got to the freeze point and you got to the overwhelm point, but most people would say, oh, I'd know if I was heading towards that or I'd know if I got there. But how how did you end up at, at that point on that mountain block when you're an intelligent lady, you've done lots of things, mm. like you say, he's called Dude for a reason, this pony. Mm-hmm. You know, how on earth did you end up frozen to a mountain block? Yeah, if you think. So I had uh, where I bought him from lovely home they absolutely matched me to the perfect horse and in fact when I met him he was only recently backed but they knew he was of the absolute temperament for me Um, and they made me go there for three four months to have lessons so I wasn't allowed to bring him home they said we'll school him on and we'll also teach you at the same time Um, oh I think I'd even been out and done some other competitions so but I think I had just let things start creeping in and I guess you think I can push through I will just keep this is the one thing I see lots of you just think well if that's what frightens me let's just keep going at it uh yeah let's just keep attempting it because surely the more we repeat it but in fact what was happening was the more I repeated the thing that frightened me the more frightened I got yeah I didn't it didn't help at all because as I said, this isn't about a pony that I couldn't ride. So the pony uh, would happily take me around dressage if I wanted. He would happily go around the school. He would happily go to little pole work clinics. So this was just about how I was feeling. And I let that, uh, it's hard to know, isn't it? It's like, how do people recognize the signs of burnout? How do, you know, we've probably all experienced it in some form in our careers or our daily lives or when things have happened to us um yeah I just didn't want to face it I would say looking back I probably did not want to um say gosh this is what's happening to me and and put a voice to it put a a describe it and in fact I think it's fair to say that when I first met you I didn't even truly put a voice to it I said Jenny I want to go to horse of the year show (laughs) And she yep. was like, well, where are you now? And I was like, well, I can't even get on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, he, uh, <laughs> and I think, I don't know if you've had anyone else have such a big aspiration who can't even get off the mountain block before. Um, I literally just, because I, I, I couldn't really own up, even I think at that day, that very first session to where I was now, because I was like, I, I, I want to be here. I, I can't face where I am now. As though there was some shame in it. And um, quite honestly, it's it's uh, nothing to be ashamed about. And I rode um, my previous horse. We did everything but Horse of the Year show. You know, we've ridden at Hicks did and we've ridden at Royal International and we've gone champion at Royal London. Um, I was never very good at dressage, but I always gave it a good go. It's quite good fun. I loved doing the Team Quest stuff, um, but I'm used to big huge fields to go showing in so I was never very accurate enough I wasn't 
I was I always liked to go we were called the Prosecco princesses I was always the one with the bottle of Prosecco I was never quite the one getting you the score you wanted um but yeah it was so it was owning that how I was feeling in that moment was was very tough it was and I think even my first few sessions with you I'm not entirely sure how quickly I was very honest about where I was now I think that took some because it's yeah you I felt wrongly but I felt like are people judging because they've seen me do this mm. and uh and then I was judging myself why can't I mm. do this anymore where's this come from um and I'm sure we'll get onto it later but I think just finding your voice and owning where you are now has led to some of the other stuff I do outside of the horse world but is um yeah it's been part of this this journey for me for sure so yeah, we yeah. obviously met, I think, what, five years back and yeah. started um, what has been a really transformational period for me. Yeah. And and it's really interesting, isn't it, that you had all that stuff going on, but there was almost like an intervention, actually. The person that gave you the yeah. card and said, go to this woman. And I do remember the Nadia that was sat in front of me that day, and she was so super focused and driven <laughs> and just couldn't understand why she couldn't do it. Just couldn't understand yeah. why she couldn't do it um and I and you know I was a stranger so you have to get to know me get to trust me that's fine yeah. I get that you know go through that with every client you know you're not going to just suddenly yeah. spill everything to me and first first session or whatever um but I think what was the bit when you started to actually realize there was more to this than this person just waving a magic wand which I always say is broken anyway and just getting you off that mountain block and getting you to hoist yeah, so I think for me it was it was like you say the realization that it was okay to share with someone what I was experiencing, um, that it was a place free of judgment, and that actually we've all been there. Mm. Maybe not to the same degree as me, where you're physically frozen. Maybe you've caught it earlier. Maybe you are exactly where I was, but um, I think that realization that it was it was okay to start sharing that with someone and then feeling like actually we've got some things you started to give me to work on um yeah that really started to help and it wasn't a case of there's this thing and we can just do it tomorrow don't worry and yeah there was no magic wand i had to show up with the right attitude i don't know if attitude's the right but the right i had to be receptive to the learning this isn't something you just did for me. And I then just became um, confident again. <laughs> it, it doesn't work like that. I had to be as open to being quite vulnerable in the process and, and honest. And, and each time, yes, we were progressing, but each time then saying, right, well, where are we now? Yeah. And have we taken a step back, which is okay? And if we have, why? And how do we then move forwards again? Um, or great are we on that bit now where we've started to you know I, d I can't remember how long it was before um I remember we you came and met me out for the first time to really help me so we got me on in the school at home and we got me um relatively comfortable riding alone back doing the stuff so that when I was going up to the yard to do my riding um and then I remember you met me I think just a little yard down the road. So we didn't even have to go very far. I think it was a lady used to work with and she lent us her school. Um, 
and yeah just build so basically it was finding those small steps um to start building me back up and i think at that point we had also um you do some great stuff in terms of anchoring and i'm sure you talk about these things as you go through the week but just some techniques that you know to get me off that mountain block it still was a process to start with where i had to have kind of some affirmations in my back pocket that i would step up onto the, i actually had a process before the mountain block i think in the early yep. days now now when and to be fair sometimes i still need this yep. this um, no one should be worried about you you just see someone once or you just talk to someone once or i'll just get the best instructor sometimes it's a process of putting all those things in place and um and keeping that going if that's what's working for you but yeah we had i remember just being able to do my affirmation away from home and it is a very simple one it's in this moment i am fine and i still use that to this day i still use that when i mount when i'm away from home i typically don't need it at home because i think we i became quite comfortable um but i still use it as though it's just rooted in there now it is something i do yeah um, and yeah i remember that doing our first lesson away from home and just the difference by the end of that session and i remember i think what we did was just get on and off almost for the entire thing and i'd maybe walk a lap and that because it was all about that getting on um in those early bits so yeah i really knowing that it was okay to share that with someone and to say yeah. it doesn't matter if this hour's session is about just imprinting that on your mind and making it something that becomes a habit because honestly these years so if we've had in five years this year or six years sorry it is a habit and i and i use it and it's there it's now just something that i go to i get on my mountain block i remind myself i'm fine on i get off i go um so yeah in those early days but yeah it's tough it was tough saying to someone I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm struggling. And what do you think it was that made it tough to admit where you were in that moment then? What, what do you think was it for you? I think fear of judgment, perhaps, from others. You know, um, hopefully you're all on lovely, supportive livery yards, but that's not always the case. Um, now, sometimes that's my own perception as well in terms of are those people sat there staring at me? Um, so sometimes that is your own perception and actually we had to do a lot of work on that um, but yeah I, I wondered whether people were watching me uh, obviously people that knew me when I was out and I was a fairly decent amateur you know I I had done well with my last Arab we had stood up there in lines with the professionals and been the best placed amateur and We'd had those wow moments where you ride out thinking, how did that happen? Isn't that amazing? As well as those moments we all have where you think, oh, God damn, I hope no one was watching as I nearly came off in the warm up. But, uh, you know, I think we've all had the highs and the lows. But um, I worried what people would think of me that had seen me do the winning. Um, and now I was struggling to even trot round, you know, or get on. And I think it, someone, and I go to this really a super amazing camp every year, and I've been going for about 15 years. They've seen me with my different horses over the years. And one day, we, and we go to Kiso, 
we were in their big indoor arena um and i have always when once i lost my confidence i struggled with that kind of indoor arena you know the seating area the crowds are there and and at the end of our session my instructor had said well i'm just going to get everyone in and then i just literally want you to come and sit on dude chatting to your friends over the gallery nothing more than that and i remember sitting there and i had tears and i remember someone saying um and i don't think in a nasty way at all but they were like he's not even moving a foot what's up and actually i was for the first time able to say i know what you see is a pony that's not moving and a rider that you've all, you've supported over the years and you've seen me win stuff you know we all used to finish that Kiso camp and go to hearts county and win because it was the end of the same week and all of us would go and we'd all support each other so I, 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 you know, I worried about those same people seeing me and then wondering, you know, and they couldn't, they couldn't quite balance the two things out. How do you go from this to that? Um, but I got better at talking about it. And I always just felt that if I could, you know, I'm, I'm quite confident in myself. Um, I kind of own it now, you know, I don't want to give it a label. I know, obviously, my page has a label, but I'm a little bit of not tech savvy and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I know, I remember I you saying to me, I don't want to yeah. be called an anxious amateur anymore, but what do I do to change it? Yeah. What would you call it if you could? What would you name your page? Oh, oh, I don't know. If oh. anyone's got any suggestions in the comments. Yeah, yeah, put know. your comments in. What do you yeah. think um, Nadia should call her page? It is called currently called Tales of an Anxious Amateur, but it's not anymore, is it? What should it be? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, Nadia Pony's called Dude, yeah. by the way, and he's an Arab. So anything around, uh, we can help you change it. Alice says, yeah. <laughs> "Fabulous." Yeah. They, yeah, they are. They're the techie guys. They'll let you know yeah. how to do that. So you just got to come up with <laughs> awesome. a name. Yeah. So there's me on the one hand saying I don't want to own a label or anything, and I've got this page that I just can't change the name of. Um, but I started to get more confident to just be able to say actually this is how i'm feeling and in this moment i'm experiencing this and uh confidence is not you don't just have it or not have it it's a feeling so is um anxiety it is a set of feelings um and i've experienced it outside of riding life um and you do overcome it there are ways there are tools there are techniques but overridingly, it's it's a set of feelings and they can come and go. And I sometimes have that with my riding still. Um, and actually, it I, I was kind of before we came on just telling Jenny that I had um, an, an incident. Well, not an incident. Uh, I was out at a poll work clinic today and actually had an example of, um, you know, I turned up at a venue I love. Um, but I like riding outdoors there. And I had checked, normally I only book on the clinics that are outdoors. I really struggle a bit. We're not 100% sure why with the indoor arena. Um, but because dude is the one that says, I've got this mum, I'm good when he's good. I'm not still 100% the one that can say, don't worry about that. So he doesn't, 100% love the indoor school there. I don't know why. And I can't always give him the, you know, come on, don't worry about it. So I got to this clinic and moved us indoors. But I know the instructor really well. I go to other clinics with her. So um, she, we made a plan. She was like, 
let's just get you in, see how you're feeling. And actually, I did half the lesson and I only <laughs> I didn't bail on it. I did half. So something spooked him and that was OK. We carried on. Then the next thing spooked him and he kind of he was kind of OK and I was kind of OK. But by the third thing, he kind of turned into a little whirlwind and I was like, I checked out with him, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but I was able to, you know, my instructor said, let's get off for a moment. It's just walking around. And then she was like, actually, let's get you back on outside. Let's let's not worry about that. Let's how what are we experiencing right now? What are you happy to be doing? And I was like, well, I hack on my own. I'm I'm OK. And she was like, well, let's just pop you back on. And let's um, let's get you going back let's get that confidence back let's let's not be trying to do stuff that actually the pair of you aren't ready for again let's build you back up let's take them small steps yeah and then I've got a lesson with her next Saturday of, of an outdoor venue that we love and then she yeah. was like and then let's just plan to maybe do a private session indoors at the next one so build the pair of you up so you know it would have been very easy to just get um really upset with how it didn't quite go to my plan and it would have been easy not to even go in and try. Yep. But I thought, you know what, let's just try it. And it doesn't always work out. Yes, you could be thinking, why are you okay with it? You only managed half a lesson you paid for. But if you wheel this back, I wouldn't have taken it so well. I'd have started beating myself up. Um, I wouldn't have uh, taken him back outside, gotten on and gone for a hack, you know, all those little things come from um, yeah, just owning what's going on right now and saying, right, well, it's not quite going to plan, but that's okay. That's life. How do I adapt and move forwards? Yeah, um, 100%. And beautifully, actually, that's an example of, if we go to our challenge companion, guys, page one or page two, actually, mm. So, oh, there we go. Day one, owning your now. So this is exactly that. So, Nadia, this is all about your comfort zone, wasn't it? And about yes. for whatever reason, in that moment, you, you'd gone out of learning, which is where we want to be, learning all the time. Mm. And you, you, you just headed into panic. And actually what had happened from what you told me is what we call trigger stacking, which is yes. that something triggers you. It's all right. You can cope. Something adds on to that. It's not great, really. Something adds on to that, and it's too much. And very often, it is the rule of three, um, yes. and that happens for our horses too. So that was, you know, mm -hmm. very much dude in that that respect. And we don't really know why dude's not really a fan of the indoor. Um, no. There is a bit of chicken and egg going on as well, yes. isn't there? But Absolutely. it is what it is. So mm. when we talk about our comfort zone, because I know we spent time talking about this, and you had to learn this as one of the concepts, and you use it a lot. Tell us then about the concept of comfort zone and how you're going to be using this and how you have used yeah. it to to own your now, to own where you are. Because exactly what you said, which is comfort zones are a, are confidence and it's a state in time. Just because you have it then doesn't mean you're always going to have it. Like ideally, we grow it. Like that's the ideal. But mm. sometimes it will shrink and sometimes it will grow and sometimes it will shrink a bit and sometimes it will shrink a bit more and then it will grow again. And you know that's life, isn't it? So tell us. Tell us about your experience with that technique and that understanding of the tool of the comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, a real current example is that dude is, he, he had an accident at the back end of 2019. We spent 2020 pretty much, we tried to bring him back twice, but it 
we actually decided to give him a year out and then um really what he needs to do at the moment is hack which was never really in my repertoire i was uh, oddly okay well i don't know if it's odd or not but um i would merrily go past a fun fair i was used to being in on a showground and i didn't mind how busy that was um but i hadn't ever really because i was doing that every weekend i was on that kind of showing treadmill my horses were seeing lots of different stuff all the time so i didn't necessarily needed to add in hacking because i was kind of doing it when i was out and about on big county show fields if you like so then to have a pony that via rehab needed to start hacking and i knew this was what i needed to do i had to be really honest with where i was which um i remember at one point just thinking about leaving the yard was not even in my comfort zone yeah um and i had to do a lot of a lot of being honest about being back at a place where my comfort zone didn't have the things in it that it needed yeah um and that can be the same depending on what it is you're wanting to do or learn or start doing a new discipline with your horse or you want to start competing and you know you need to start exposing them to competition venues or not just the venue but the buzz and how do you do that and for me this this uh yeah pretty much i'd say since about christmas i've had to start you know facing the fact i need to do that with hacking so my comfort zone was very limited to start with and actually i struggled to leave the yard on board so i was leading him to the park which is literally across the road almost walking about half a mile and then you'll find the next bit odd but i would then just climb on for a log and go hacking <laughs> i couldn't get out the yard but i just had to write down those things and just say right well if to get out there i need to lead him that's what i've got to do and then i slowly bit by bit extended that to being able to um i still don't ride off the yard at the moment but there's a lovely uh, yard that that has hacking there in the middle of the park so they've got a little honesty box and i started going there and saying to the lady here's the route i'm taking she was not interested but she knew it gave me comfort to know that if i was going to do this i had a i was in the middle of the park i wasn't near a road I had told somebody where I was going to be. Um, she was like, I've got all of this. Don't worry if it's dark and I realise your lorry's still there. I'll come looking. <laughs> but in my mind, I thought that's perfect. I've got, I've put these little steps in place. Yeah. And sometimes she'd be like, you're back quick. And I was like, yep, I've done the woods. That's, that's what I've done today. You know, it wasn't a a marathon hack I hadn't taken up endurance I was having to build it up yeah um, and then slowly I added in a hacking buddy so we've got an amazing friend she meets us over there and I started to get comfortable having someone else with me because lots of people like having a buddy I was a little bit anxious that well what if they want to trot and canter and I'm only comfortable what if I make them drive over here and I can only go around the woods today. What if my comfort zone is so small that I've made them drive here and I can barely leave the car park? So I decided that I know he's good. 
There is no, um, Duda's a very good little pony. I know that he's fine out hacking. I know that he's confident on his own. I know that if a cyclist comes or a dog runs by, I don't need to worry. Um, he was given a very brilliant start in life and they paired him to me. So they did some ex all those months I had lessons, they were taking him to the park. They were riding him around their village. They were showing him stuff. Um, so I knew I could, I was, I was okay. Just me and him. Um, and I didn't have to worry about what if I ruined somebody else's hack, because that was still in my kind of, I would say it was in my panic zone at that mm. time. I wouldn't have said it was even in the stretch zone. I would say, um, I was worried about, yeah, that was about what will someone else think? What if I've ruined their day? Um, but I then, you know, as I got more confident on my own, I was like, actually, if I just reach out to the right person, and it's about having that community around you, that support network that are happy to, yeah, walk for an hour, walk for, well, to start with, walk for half an hour, you know, to come and support you. And I would pay for their lorry parking. And, but just to have people like, oh, it's just like a, a walk and talk, a, a relaxed. And they helped me just build my comfort zone little by little. And I would say that's been the key for me. Mm. Not the, oh my God, Jenny, get me to Hoy's by Tuesday next week, which is kind, <laughs> of what, kind of what I said to you on day one. And I think even my Yes, brilliant to all have ambitions and goals, and I'm all for that. But I'd made mine so big, I'd terrified the life out of myself. And yeah. I think I'd, I'd also, I was still punishing myself for not being where I was before. Yeah. So I was trying to set a goal that, yes, was attainable before if I'd have kept the same horse that I sadly lost. But, you know, the last show we did, we were fourth in our Hoys qualifier and our first one ever. So if my starting point was there at some point, yes, could, I mean, with a bit of luck and the right, who knows, but it was something I could have carried on going after. But um, it's okay that to me now that that is not my goal anymore. You know, that actually I've got a horse that needs rehab. He's got stuff that he needs to do to work through rehab that I've got to get comfortable with doing. Um yeah. Yeah. And how did you, because you talk about, so when we talk about comfort zones, very often people think that it's physical stuff, you know, or heights or distances or, you know, competing or levels, that kind of thing. But actually, interestingly enough, you were talking about comfort zone when it comes to judgment or opinions of others and, you know, how you dealt with your comfort zone around that. And I would now say that your comfort zone around what other people think is huge compared to what it used to be, mm. because it used to be like, oh, God you know, do things in secret or don't tell anyone. I mean, I know, you know, anyone who ever works yeah. with me is always really confidential, but, you know, it's really kind of like, oh, God, you know, hide away a little bit kind of thing. And, I mean, at that time, it was when I used to come to people and you're down the road for me, so it was fine. And now, obviously, that's not not the way they work. But mm. it was very it was very apparent to me at the time. It was like, oh, there's, there's a lot of fear of judgment here, a lot of fear of what mm. other people, people think. How do you think you've overcome that? By facing it. I think um, I remember we did a really good exercise um, on perspectives yeah. um, because actually, and they don't, I don't think they mind me talking about it, but the amazing team I got him from, one of the um, things that I was worried about was that they would see me out on him and want him back because um, he wasn't 
you know, winning everything or, and actually what they've always thought, and they are the most supportive team. And you see them, if you're into showing, splashed across the middle of horse and how most of the show season, they um, will just send me messages saying, just seeing and hearing your videos out hacking and seeing the smile on your face and seeing the amazing home he's got is all we need, you know. But actually what I was feeling a way back was, oh my God, they're going to see me struggling around a warm up and literally put him on the lorry when I go to the loo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's difficult when it's showing, isn't it? You know, it is literally judgment and it is, it isn't even like any of the other disciplines where there's a sort of a, a thing you're judging too. It is literally, it's, it's the harshest, I think, of all of the things you have yeah. to have the thickest skin for showing. Mm. I really do think that. Yeah, and you'd I obviously got it. that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I, I love doing it. Yeah, but I think you've got to have that thick skin, haven't you? Because, um, but it was interesting that you'd managed to achieve what you had. And yet there was still that part of you that was genuinely worried about judgment. And yet you go out and you just show him. Yeah, it's, I don't know where that, I think it's because I, I genuinely felt like I wasn't me anymore. Mm. on the in the riding perspective I wasn't me anymore and actually uh so obviously it wasn't last year the year before I think I you managed to I got so prepared I actually did the Wellington sponsored ride I think mm. there's an amazing picture of me cantering across the Wellington estate now I was accompanied round by one of my oh, I met this lovely young lady in the lineup at Cranley in 2004 and just because in those days you could sit in the sunshine for an hour because the classes used to be massive, yeah. um, we got chatting. And over the years, it's a very s small circle, the Arab circle. It's not There's not thousands of us doing it. And um, you become friends and you see each other all show season. And I'd reached out and said to her, would you, I would love to do this. Would you come accompany me round? Hers are bomb-proof. And... I remember as we were setting off and I realised what a sponsored ride was, as in, there's a million of you. I absolutely went into a full spiral to the point where um, I was trying to get my air jacket off in a panic so I could get off and I couldn't. So then I'm, I'm spiralling up here and I remember looking at her face and I remember thinking, I, she was looking at me as if to say, is she kidding this is the girl that one Hicks did the last time we were together. And then I could just see it, her, it dawn on her that she's not kidding. She's actually escalated up there. And you know what? She got me around that entire sponsored ride. She got me off that. And I'm so grateful she did. She literally said, let's break it down. We're trotting between trees. We're not trying to get round the next two hours. We're going from here to there. We're going yeah. from here to there. And we, she just... Stretch the comfort She's, zone. Yeah. And we made it the whole way around. And by the end, she had got me cantering in a really good rhythm. Her horse was bomb-proof. So yeah. she was able to flag the field past and just tell me, keep your eyes here. Yeah. I've got the speed. I've got the other people. You just let's sing along. Let, you're just looking for the next tree. You've Perfect. got the control. We can trot at the next tree if you want. You've got yeah. everything's in your control. And, I love um, that. Just look for the next tree. Yeah. But I and remember. if we if we go to this, 
So I was just really quickly, because it's a perfect example. So this green bit, if anyone wants to fill out this page, this green bit is what's in your comfort zone. And this is the bit where you've got to be really honest, isn't it, Nadia? This is the bit where yes. you, you don't don't lie to yourself. You know, this is this can be top mm. secret if you want it to. Don't lie to yourself. But what was happening is because this is your learning zone, this piece here, this mm. between the green and the blue, and then outside here is your panic. Now you don't want to be in panic. However, you can have goals that are out there, can't you? Because if you stretch your comfort zone to the next tree, to the next tree, to the next tree, to the next tree, what happens is your learning zone stretches and then eventually your learning zone stretches out. And in the thing that was in panic is now in learning. So it's not necessarily in your comfort zone, but it's doable. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's what this exercise is. And I just wanted to highlight this as a perfect example mm -hmm. because you need to write down the stuff that's in your comfort zone now. And by the way, this changes day to day. It mm -hmm. changes environments. It changes in different places. It changes depending on the people you're with. Trends, changes depending on what mood your horse is in. Perfect example, a dude in the indoor school. Mm. You know, what, what would be in your comfort zone outdoors is different to indoors. And then you've got to just do it little bit by bit. So by all means, have goals that are out here in panic. That's absolutely fine. But don't go thinking like most people do, that you can just jump to that goal in panic and it's going to happen because you'll have the opposite effect. You'll actually shrink your comfort zone, won't you? So, yeah. yeah, thank you. I just had to give that because people want to know how to complete complete this. And that was just the most perfect story to yeah. say. And I love the analogy. Just keep <laughs> looking to the next tree. Yeah. And actually, that goes back to why is my comfort zone now for hacking smaller again, uh, probably a year off time yeah. out of the saddle for the horse. And so I've had to be really honest that it is back. It shrunk. Yeah. But you know what? Um, and you'll hear from uh, an amazing lady tomorrow who I think it was a week ago, a week last Friday. Yeah, I was ready to add in not just a new hacking buddy, but a new place. And another member of the Flying Changes team invited me down. And we had the most amazing walk and talk in the Surrey Hills. I was and, and what I loved was finding someone in the community that we're in. Obviously, we're all a super supportive bunch, but I knew that I was already going uh, somewhere new. So that was a little bit out of my comfort zone. You know, that was into my stretch zone. Yeah. I was meeting someone I knew, but I had never hacked with her or her horse. So a little bit of stretch. Um, and we could have gone for hours and hours, but actually she was very good. She was like, here's a route or here's a route. And I said, actually, I think I could we do this one the first time? Because I think I'm feeling like. I've done two things that are really pushing. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, finding the people that will help you um, along on your journey is is really important. And, 100%. you know, another good example of that is my instructor, who I'm still very good friends with, that helped me with my last horse when I was at that other level. He was very honest when he said to me, I'm really struggling um, to help because I can only remember you like this and he always had a very um I loved him because um you had to make sure no one that would be too offended would be on the yard during your lesson time because uh you could hear him and his colorful language around it, it, you wouldn't even have to be near the school you could just hear him yeah. uh for miles um but I tell you when, when my confidence was up there he you know I remember I had a season this lady loved my last horse and I would win under her, but I never took a championship. And she said, you don't gallop for it. I want to see someone that wants it. So when you go head to head with someone, you hold back. And 
he worked so hard to instill that confidence. And I remember that was the year I was fourth at the nationals with the Arab. And I had to gallop for that fourth place because I was in there amongst a whole load of professionals, you know, and I had to, and she had said to me categorically, you absolutely need to show me you want this. This isn't, yeah. you know, and that's what she'd said to me. So I spent months with him. But then when I, you know, lost my confidence and I had a different horse and I, he was very honest with me and said, I, I think I'll chip away at it again because I remember you up here and I'm struggling a bit that I can't just bark the same orders and you won't just go, right, I've got it. Yeah. Um, but we're still extremely good friends. Um, yeah. And But it just what, what works for me now, I need something a bit different. I think that's okay as well. I think I know a lot of people that struggle to to kind of say what would help them in this moment um yeah I think sometimes you don't necessarily know what in that moment would help you but what no that's true does it make just being honest and saying this is what I'm experiencing uh, yeah. in this moment I mean the other day I was on my squads training and you know it means a lot to me I really want to work hard and progress and I was really struggling with something because I just couldn't understand I understand what they were trying to get me to but I just couldn't understand how to get it and I kept doing things that weren't helping with my body and I was actually in floods of tears because I was just so frustrated that I couldn't get it. But I was still I was still riding. They were just streaming down my <laughs> face whilst the rest of the squad were watching me. And you could feel them go, oh, we really want to help you. But and it was just it was what it was. But and it's OK in that moment to have feelings, isn't it? It's OK to admit yeah. you're struggling like and I was just I was struggling so much in that mm. moment that. I, and I knew there was nothing I could do. I had to just keep cracking on. I wasn't going to throw in the towel, like you say. You you know, wasn't going to just give up or anything like that. Just kind of had to keep going. I wasn't scared or anything. I was just mm. confused. And so was my poor horse. And I kept going just for, it was only near the end of the lesson. And then when I finished and I just got off and I just went and quietly hosed him off, gave him a big cuddle, told him it wasn't his fault, all that kind of jazz. And then someone came up and said, don't worry, we all find it really hard. You're not the first person to have ever cried it means that you care um, and you've just hit a point that you're struggling with and that's mm. fine. And I, do, you know, I mean, I know all this stuff, but it doesn't <laughs> mean you can't experience it. So you don't always know what to do in the moment. You just have to be honest with where you are in that moment right then. And yeah. I just had to be honest and say to myself, because there was no point in saying it to my structure at that point in time, which was, I'm really frustrated. I'm really struggling. I just had to kind of keep cracking on because I knew he was desperately trying to help me get it to help me get it and you know mm. so yeah I think it's very true what you're saying about you don't always know what you need but you've got to admit you need something and then you'll yes. go and find those answers and I think yeah. that's where you were six years ago you didn't know how or what but you just knew you needed the help yeah absolutely and so tell know. us though Nadia as well because we haven't touched on it and I really want to how this has impacted other areas of your life and other things that you do which are so key to just being now in the moment, just admitting, being really honest and this kind of thing as well. Yeah, so my um, background is HR. I have my own business, um, but I look after our people. So uh, with two business partners, one's more strategic, one does all our finances and I look after all our staff. Um, and we've been a team since I was 17 years old, I think, and we've had our business for um, eight years. Um, and 
I guess, you know, just learning that it's okay to say when you're not okay um, within my existing work context has led me to really change our people agenda. So we are much more open as a business about um, mental and physical health. And actually I share, I'm sure they love a boss that shares their story every every chance they get, but um, I'm very open with them and I want a culture in which you can um, br bring your true self to work. Um, and that means you have good days, bad days, messy death days, days off, uh, days out, you know, holidays, everything in between. Um, and I guess from that, it's also led me to wanting to give back because I couldn't always find a voice for how I was feeling. If I could have, I probably would have called someone like you a long time ago, but I kind of hid from it. Um, so at the back end of 2019, I started training as a volunteer for the mental health charity Shout. Um, and that is a text-based um, charity. So we're there for people that can't find their voice yet and pick up the phone. So typically people might know Samaritans um, as a place you could phone, or if you're younger, maybe Childline. Um, but Shout um, is one of the legacy charities from the um, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and the Royal Foundation. Um, and they wanted a charity that would help those people that, yeah, couldn't yet express it in, in verbal terms. But um, anyone that texts in, we are there on um, your texting. We're obviously on a platform um, and we're there for you 24 seven. Um, and yeah, just going through that training um, and I've now been yeah, volunteering for about 15 months. And the more I did that and the more I realised how many other people have, not obviously, I mean, in the equestrian world, but just in general have experienced some of the same things. Um, and yes, I'm sure it happens. Um, I don't know, some of you might have seen I, my story was shared by Riders Minds as well, which is the charity we're supporting um, through Eden Fest. So um, it's nice to be able to bring that open and honest conversation about mental health into into the equestrian world as well. But um, I started with it via shout. Um, and the more I got into that, the more I realised that um, one of the two big things I wanted to do was um, firstly be able to kind of work with Jenny and then go on to get the accreditations because I love um, I love the fact we can do something to um, help people that have gone through what I've gone through move forwards with their journeys um, but also I'm oh, well, by Wednesday night I've got to get my second year portfolio in for a counselling degree so um, I wanted to be able to give back to people that maybe experienced more significant trauma than um, maybe I had and, and I quite I'm really enjoying the learning that's the other bit I found out of uh, working on my mindset, going through the different things that Jenny and I have worked on together, um, is that actually learning and ending up with a learning mindset is awesome. And so I'm going to take that counselling all the way through to a degree I've already decided, um, just because I'm finding it so inspirational and I, I love um, being able to give back, I think. So that working with you to then be able to do that within the equestrian world and more the mindset aspect of stuff, because actually the mindset stuff is, is what has really worked for me um, yeah. and really resonates with everything I do. Um, so yes, that's how I've translated it into, into what I do today. It's just incredible. And I know um, 
through lockdown, it made a big difference to you just taking stock. Where am I now? You know, think about things. There's a lot of us, you know, a lot of people panicked. Um, and obviously, you know, you without going into detail and things, you you were affected by it, you know, and yes. and yet being able to stay in the now, being, you know, the mindful aspect of it, being the what can I control, what can't I, that's the side of it. Just tell us really briefly before we wrap up this for tonight and then obviously we're going backstage as well with everyone who is VIP so we'll tell you more about that in a moment um but just tell us really briefly about how it it really helped you during lockdown as well yeah absolutely so last March when we all realized this was actually happening um our business was hugely affected one big part of our business was um traveling events so I used to organize kind of big What's my main thing was uh, HR. Actually, over the years, I've had one particular client for whom I organise. And because I used to do it, he always just liked me to do it. Huge black tie balls of kind of 500 people and, you know, looked a bit like the X Factor and he had a huge amount of money and it was quite a production. Obviously, everything like that stopped. And and as a leadership team, we decided if our business was going to be that uh, that impacted, we needed to take some of the pain first. So overnight, we cut our salaries. And I remember sitting there, I mean, hugely, because we, we knew we were going to have to have some of our staff impact by the losses we were, we were making and obviously everything that stopped. And um, it really made me, uh, once I kind of got over the shock of that and realised that, okay, it's all right to get upset about it. And I was upset for a few days and that's okay. You know, you might not always be able to go, I'm upset for an hour. I'm just going to dig through my toolbox. We're all human. And there are times when this is going to go on for a couple of days and then that's okay. Then I was able to just kind of really think about actually, is this one of the biggest opportunities rather than one of the toughest periods? And do I just reframe it? and start to look at actually potentially how I exit the business, how then I move forward with, you know, going into the counselling and the coaching and the things that I feel could really make an impact and a difference on the world. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a real big, once you got over that shock, for me it was a, a, actually a catalyst for change. Yeah, and I think listening to you making the decision to do something about freezing on the mountain block mm. making a decision to do something about that six years later sometimes well very often really isn't it actually things that seem like our biggest fear or something horrendous at the time can be our biggest catalyst for change and learning and look at look yep. at where it's absolutely. led you to you know yeah absolutely so sometimes owning our now is thinking maybe this is something that I just don't know yet. Maybe this is going to take me on another path, another route, going to learn something. If nothing, we're always going to learn something. Sometimes what not to mm -hmm. do, but we're always going to learn something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who knew? Now I'm thinking, how do I become that amazing happy hacker that I always didn't think I would be? And I'm absolutely loving it and trying to, you know, get better at it. Exactly crazy yeah. isn't it and that happened yeah. out of an accident that was horrible of course it was horrible yeah. but yeah, look yeah. what it, it got you dude went mum your next thing you're gonna need to learn how to hack that's it now yeah <laughs> <laughs> so long as that is it now that'll yeah. be good. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much Nadia it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and you know hearing 
the incredible way that you do things and the things that have helped you. So we're going to go backstage. We're going to go backstage at 8 p.m. Um, so those of you who are VIP, you will have received an email. So go check your email. You might need to check your junk for the Zoom um, link. Um, that's our Zoom link that we're going to be using all week. So if you're VIP, you can have that. If you've just signed up to VIP and you haven't had the email, can you drop us a DM, please, and just let us know? Um, because we'll make sure that we've got you the email. If you want to sign up to VIP, you've got eight minutes to do it before this Zoom starts, um, and then you'll obviously get it for the rest of the week. Um, it's only £8 for the whole week to come backstage with everyone um, each night, and it all goes to Riders Minds, the charity that Nadia mentioned. Um, so we want to give back. We are so close to having made £200 for Riders Minds. We just yeah, need like brilliant. a few more people, just a few more people. I think mm -hmm. we need seven or something like that. It's a crazy amount of people to just sign up and come become the VIPs for the week and help us, you know, give back to a charity that really, really is um, so important because they, they're a bit like um, shout, aren't they? They kind of allow riders yes. who are struggling with mental health or anything to reach out to someone and to get that support that not everyone can always get. So um Everyone has said, so interesting, thank you. You know, they found it really inspirational. So thank you so much, Nadia. We're gonna have a quick, quick break for a moment and then we're gonna be backstage on Zoom. So if you've got any questions for Nadia, questions for me, anything you wanna know more about Comfort Zone, anything you wanna ask either of us or you wanna hot seat yourself or anything like that, come backstage with us and uh, we can't wait to see you at 8 p.m. Um, if you could log in just a minute before 8 p.m., that'd be great. So we can kind of start at 8 rather than waiting for everyone to come in. That'd be fab. And uh, we will see you all later on. So thank you so much, Nadia. See You're you welcome. in a bit. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast, so please do subscribe, follow us, and we look forward to you listening in to our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? You got this? You got this? You got this?